uh, I'd like to pray just a, a moment, uh, but before I do, I'd like to introduce our guest speaker for today. Um, about a year ago, it was during U09 when I first started to recognize that there was a stirring that was going on in, in our brother's heart. And God was stirring him to go out to be a part of the U09 team. And really was wonderful to see God just kind of work in his life and call him and bring him to Ukraine and got to share a room with him in Ukraine and even at times a bed and to see just what God was doing, uh, just be, to be an observer in that process as God was continuing to call upon him and use him. And I could see at different points of ministry as God's spirit was pouring in him and then through him that there was something that was happening, a joy that was in John that this is something feels so right and good about receiving the Spirit of God coming through me in ministry. And so it surprised me very much, and in some ways it really didn't, that about a year ago during the retreat, John came up and said, I feel that God is calling me into ministry. And everything about who he was up to that moment in time, and at that time I could just see that there was something over him in a sacred moment that I could detect this is a call from God. We together have confirmed that call as a church and are bringing him onto staff in a few weeks. And so in uh, anticipation of that, I told John that your first sermon has got to be here. Don't go to a retreat someplace and don't preach it someplace else. It's got to be here at New Hope. And so as we invite John up, would you welcome him as he speaks to us the word of God as our brother and as a new staff member. So I'm going to give you the pulpit in a second. Let me pray for you and pray for us as we receive the Word of God. Father, we thank you so much at this joy and privilege, Father, of being a conduit of your blessing, of your gospel. is not something that is restricted to a select group of people. That when you've called us a kingdom of priests, a nation of priests, the Father, that we are all endowed with your Holy Spirit in ministry. But we delight in and we love and we honor those, Father, whom you call in a special way to more dedicate and devote the entirety of their life, Father, in a focused way into ministry. And so we honor that call. We honor our brother. We thank you, God, for him. And we understand that, as you say in the book of Ephesians, that he is a gift being given unto us in this church. We receive it with thankfulness. Would you open our hearts and our minds? For we say these things, God, in Christ Jesus' name. Good morning. <laughs> this is a different view. <laughs> um, first of all, um, I'd like to thank all of you for giving me this opportunity um, to have my first sermon at my home church. I mean, what better way than to um, plunge into the ministry world <laughs> than to um, speak for the first time at your home church? Um, in the midst of family and friends. Um, if you can turn with me to today's scripture, it's Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. I'm reading from the ESV, so it goes, But as for you, 
Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Amen. So when Edward asked me to preach about, I think it was three, four weeks ago, um, I already had a topic in mind for months, actually, because he had already asked me to preach a while ago, but um, we just had our first baby in April, um, Gabriella, and um, it's just been a tremendous blessing, but also a busy time. So it was hard for me to preach um, for those three months, and Edward was in the midst of a, a series anyway. But um, I'd like to share a little bit, and before I do that, um, let us bow in prayer for me. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord. Um, we just, we can feel your presence here today, Lord, and as we um, hear your word, Lord, May you be present among us. Uh, speak to us. Open our eyes, Lord God. Let us truly see you and hear you. Um, let us live by your word. Let us live for you, God. For your glory. Give us humble hearts, Lord, as we um, prepare ourselves uh, for this um for this world, and Lord, we just pray in this uh, a special prayer for our children. Um, they're your precious children, Lord God, and we just um, pray that um, you blanket them with your spirit, with your protection, with your love, Lord God, and um, let them grow up to be uh, true disciples of you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Just wanted to share a little bit about um, my experiences so far in in seminary. Um, it's been quite interesting. You know, I've been to two other colleges in my life. Uh, I went to Boston University and um, Hunter College. But when I first stepped onto Nyack College campus, I just felt um, a, just a different atmosphere. Um, the people were much nicer. They actually said hi to you when they passed by, and they had a smile on on their face. And every class started with the professor actually praying over the class and just um, sharing a devotional on whatever they went through during the week or whatever they had wanted to share in their hearts. So it was such a blessing um, just to be in the midst of fellow believers and fellow um future ministers, future youth pastors, future children's pastors. And it was, it was a very, very encouraging first step. And I wanted to be a better child of God, a better servant, and learn how you know, we can, I can better myself as a husband, as a father now, a man of integrity and honor in the community of Christ. And... 
all the pastors and all the mentors and the professors that are on campus have been so great and gracious and loving to me and um, my pursuit of ministry. And it's helped me a lot as um, I stepped into fatherhood. Um, as many of you know, it's not easy um, with a first child, um, crying all the time, all night through, and um, it's been an eye-opening experience. But it's also been very challenging because now I have a burden of a little a baby to take care of, and she is in my responsibility. <laughs> she is in my care. And um, it's affected um, my relationship with Helen as well because, you know, you're sleep-deprived. Um, the baby is crying. You're going frantic and because the baby's crying. We don't know what to do. And it's, it's very challenging because you tend to get short. You tend to um, lose your patience. Um, but when I look at um, Ella... I say, Daddy loves you, Mommy loves you, but most importantly, I say, God loves you, Jesus loves you. And people tell me, I can't believe you're a father. You know, maybe because I, I look like a kid, I, I goof around, and I act like a child, I have a loose spirit, but um, I take fatherhood very seriously. And the monumental burden that's been put on me by God, the responsibility, um, I take that very seriously, and I want to raise her to be a child of God, a woman of God. Um, in Genesis 9, uh, after the flood um, of 40 days, God says to Noah, be fruitful and multiply. And when I look at New Hope Fellowship, we have no problem multiplying. <laughs> We are abundant with children. It's, it's such a great sight to see with all the children running around and they're so uh, joyful and um, they play so well with each other. Um, but when I look at that verse, be fruitful and multiply, the, the part that hits me the most is the being fruitful part. Because um, when you, what Galatians 5.22 tells us is the, is the fruits of the Spirit. They are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. When I first met Helen, it was actually in New Hope. Um, I think it was about six years ago. Um, she first came to church, and something about her just drew me to her, even from the first moment. And um, it was, I was kind of nervous to talk to her, but then at the same time, it was, um, she was very um, friendly and very outgoing, so it was very easy to talk to her. But um, I kind of, I looked like a punk back then. <laughs> I had um, earrings and I had the full facial hair going on. Well, now, right now too, but you know. <laughs> um, and 
at first, Helen didn't want to be with me. <laughs> she said she, didn't, uh, she, she only wanted to be friends. So I said, okay, that's fine. You know, but then I was very disappointed because I really liked her. But then um, she got to real the real me. She got to know the real me. So, and then she started, um, we started dating. And then um, obviously eventually married. But um, through our marriage, the hardest thing for me is she's very affectionate. She's very affectionate. But me, you know, I'm kind of like the Korean male. You know, I my dad wasn't very affectionate. And, well, my, my mom is, but then I always be like, okay, okay, okay. You know, but I think that... Um, impacted me in a lot of ways. So, like, my affection, I I think my love language is giving gifts. So I always, like, showered her with gifts. But um, it was still hard for me. But as a husband, when when it's dating, it's very easy because, you know, you go out on dates and then you go your separate ways. But as a husband, when you're married... You're always together, mostly 24/7. Well, we've been on maternity and paternity leave, so it's we've literally spent every minute together for the last two months. And at times, it's been very, very difficult because then you kind of want your own space, but you live in like a little apartment, and it's very hard to get um, your time alone. But God put it on the husband, the father, to hold the family together. The word husband comes from a Latin word that means house band. Just like a rubber band holds things together, like a, like a group of pencils or whatever, it is our duty to hold our family together. And I, I learn over and over again, respect as a father, respect as a husband, is earned. It's not just freely given. You, ha- you will have the res- respect of your spouse and your children like as you walk in the Lord and strive to be more like Jesus each and every day. In Song of Solomon, um, King Solomon, every time he woke up, he would praise his wife. He would command, uh, commend his wife. He would compliment her. He compliments his wife over 40 times in the whole book. Uh, it's only eight chapters long. So, but in, in the whole book, he's complimenting her over 40 times. When he woke up in the morning, he'll say, My wife, you're such, so beautiful. Um, and he speaks words of blessings and praise to his wife. Because Solomon blessed and respected and loves his wife, um, the children followed him in respecting and praising his, um, his wife as well, their mother. And Ephesians 5:28 says, Husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Love your wife, respect her, and tell her how beautiful she looks. And I, 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 I lack in that department as well. It's difficult for me, you know. Um, but... Every time I um, read about Solomon and I listen to um, sermons on marriage and 
and things like that, I, I really, um, it really um, hits me hard. But um, the reason why I talk about marriage, I know this is, I wanted to um, talk about raising children, is because how you treat each other, the children observe that. They see that. They see how uh, dad talks to mom. They see how mom talks to dad. And if it's without respect, without patience, without love, then the kids follow suit. The kids will talk to them without respect. And take inventory of what you say to your spouse. Are you complaining? Are you blessing them? Say, I appreciate you. I appreciate you as the mother of my daughter, of my son, of my children. And I believe that the compliments are a glue to the relationship. It really holds um, the marriage together. And treat your wife as a queen, you know. I, sometimes I don't do that. <laughs> but treat your wife as a queen. Because you know what? That makes you the king. <laughs> you can, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, can, I can live with being the king, you know. So. And it's not an option to be um, gracious to your wife and, and respecting your wife. It's a requirement to actually praise her, bless her, and compliment her. And what if my wife is, you know, disheveled, downtrodden, depressed, and she's not, you know, feeling well? Then it is a reflection of me as well. Because then I ask myself, do I treat her well enough? Am I being good to her? Am I being supportive? Am I being a good husband? When she looks confident, radiant, glowing, smiling, it makes me feel more like I'm doing my job as a husband. So... When you talk about the good in your wife, when you, when you talk about how good she looks and how, she, how good she is as a mother, as, as a wife, you draw out the good. You may say, you know, my wife, she's this and that, and she doesn't do this. If you talk about the negative, then you'll draw out the negative. And it is the same way with your kids. Son, daughter, I am so proud of you. You did a fabulous job. That's, that's fantastic. It is difficult for some of us because, well, especially me, because I never heard those things from my father. You know, son, that was a good job. You know, I, my whole life I was, um, as you know, I've been playing music and um, gotten into music as, as a little child. Um, but um, it was always just my mom coming to my concerts. And I always wondered that. I was, and I know that... My dad had to work a lot, and it was it was difficult for him to make it to a lot of my concerts. But you know, kids noticed that. Obviously, I did, because you say I I look at look for my parents in the audience, and then boom, there's my mom. But where's my dad? You know, those things really, really your kids pick up on those things, and dads. Your daughter will gravitate towards someone that's like you. So you really want to be an example for your daughter, and that's how I want to be um, for Ella. Because um, 
I don't want her meeting any old guy, you know. <laughs> I want him to be a firm Christian guy、um, that really has his head on straight, you know. And everything that he does is for the glory of God, not for the glory of himself. And and I say, you know, open the car door for your wife.、Um, do things during the day that、um, really makes her happy. I mean, there's a saying: because,、uh, if a man opens the car door for somebody, he he's either got a new car or a new wife. But that should not be the case. You should always be doing something sweet for your wives, you know. And being male and manly doesn't not make you a man. It's taking care of your family that makes you a real man. Speak blessings over your wife. Speak blessings over your children, and that makes you a real man. Now, raising children、um, as parents, raising children、um, in in Christ. That's, I mean, all the practical things you guys are pro at. I mean, you've had children,、um, so you know what it takes to raise a child. You know how to feed them,、um, burp them, clothe them, shelter them. Those are all worldly things. But what about godly ways?、Um, Ephesians chapter six, verses one through four. It says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord."、Um, for Children to actually look up to us.、Um, I think it is our duty to make ourselves honorable at first. You know, it says honor your father and mother, but what if I don't feel like honoring my、uh, father and mother? So we have to make ourselves as parents honorable in the eyes of our children. Make yourself right with God. How can anyone expect children to honor their parents? When parents are not doing the necessary things to make themselves better each and every day, and to walk in Christ and to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, and also honor your own parents. If they see that you speak to your parents with respect, with with love, then they will they will follow right in your footsteps, and they'll they'll see that. They're like copycats. They love copying people, and I I believe that when you honor your parents, they will do the same to you.、And、my dad, sometimes I did not look up to him, a lot of the times actually. And you know the thing is, it's funny because I'm very much like him. And, and you know the saying goes, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, and、um, he's very I mean, he has—he's very quiet, but there is a temper about him, and he's very impatient, because like he's a very smart guy, and 
I think he's like kind of sort of like Wei Jing, where he sees like two steps ahead of everybody else. It's like do this and do that, but then you get impatient because everything's not being done the way you want it to. And I'm kind of like that, like especially with Helen. I'm like trying to do something, but I don't speak it. It's all in my head, and I'm like, no, don't, don't, no, you know. And it's it's very difficult, but you know, I have to take a step back and just say, John, just be patient. You know, everybody's not the same. Everybody thinks different. Everybody acts different. And the way he treated my mom sometimes did not um, go well with me. And I think that, um, and, you know, he's changed so much over the years. And I just noticed that. And um, yesterday my mom went on a retreat. So I had um, some time with Helen um, to sit down with my father and have dinner. And it was just a good time. We just talked um, about our lives and just how things are going. And, you know, I've, I've noticed a change in him. And he's been, you know, he's so much sweeter and nicer to my mom. Uh, they go on long walks together. They hold hands when they walk together. And most importantly, they go to early morning prayers together. They pray together. They read together. And they're very involved in the church. And to look up to parents like that, it's, it's, it's such a blessing. And um, it's a difficult thing to read the Word daily. I mean, there are so many things that go on in our lives. You have work, you have school, you have, um, you have to take your children to, I don't know, soccer practice, baseball practice, um, ballet, um, you know, piano lessons, whatever it is. But it is the bread of life. It's the Word. It's the Word of God. And we need to um, take that seriously and really be immersed in the Word each and every day and pray to Him. He is our source of strength, our hope, and the wisdom that we need to really um, raise our children in, in His will. Um, there's only one way. And this is, you know how people say, oh, I wish she came with the manual. I wish my kid came with the manual. You know what? This is the perfect manual right here. And um, I love um, acronyms. I love acrostics. So um, I have one easy to remember uh, to um, for my... Um, for, it's easy for me to remember um, with... Um, things this way, and it's heart. The H stands for honesty. Speak honestly with your children. They are smart. They know, they know where, when they're lying to you. They're like, oh, okay, whatever. But that makes them lose respect for you. They will lie to others. I mean, if, if daddy's, I don't think my dad's telling me the truth. But speak honestly and directly to your children. It says in Ephesians 4.25, Put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. 
If your children know that you are speaking truth and can sense your sincerity, they will listen. And E stands for experience. Um, Speak from your life experiences. I mean, they might not listen to you when they're like two years old, but when they get older, speak and act from your own experience. And do not say, don't say the whole like, oh, when I was your age, you know, I did this and this and that. Because my parents used to do that to me and I would just roll my eyes and go, oh, here we go again. But, um, because they, they'll think that they're just trying to push their own agenda on you. It's like, oh, I did this, so you should be doing this too. But speak from your experience. Um, what was your walk with God like? Um, during your elementary years or your middle school, high school years. It was especially tough for me as, as an immigrant because, you know, you get picked on a lot. Um, you know, you get called all kinds of names and don't do the whole I thing and all that. Um, but, I mean, your children are, will probably go through that too. Because, and that's why your experiences are so valuable because you've been through it. You've been through it all. You've been through the ups and the downs of life. And as they get a little older, share about your walk with Christ during your childhood. When you think back, what do you think God? Uh, what do you think you would have done differently to make your walk better with God? What would you think you could have done to be more faithful, to be more obedient to God and you, to your parents? As they see that you're willing to be more obedient um, to God, they will follow. Um, A stands for attitude. If you're dis- disciplining your child, take a moment before you talk to them and actually pray. Because I know, like, if I get fired up, I get fired up. And you probably saw it in softball field, but I'm pretty fiery. So I just need to take that step back and, sit and, and, just, ju- and just pray. Pray that God will help you say things that are edifying to your children and not hurt them, but correct them in a firm way with love and self-control. And pray that God gives you wisdom and compassion to, and to talk to your child and respond to your child the way Jesus would respond. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And the next two are, I believe, are the most important. The R stands for read. Read the Bible with your kids. Um, Edward gave us a a great children's Bible um, during the infant dedication. And there are so many, uh, there's so much literature for kids um, children's Bible stories, whatever it may uh, be, um, read them, read it to them. I was listening to a Mark Driscoll sermon um, recently, and he says he, he reads stories and the Bibles to his kids. He has five children, and he reads to them all the time. But, you know, they have their favorites. One, his son, one of his sons, um, he loves the David and Goliath story. And he makes him read it over and over to a million times. And you know what they do? They act it out too. He's like, 
I'm David, you're Goliath. Just because he's big, his dad's bigger. And he'll take the slingshot and twirl it around and throw it at his father. And, you know, his father plays with him. And you know what? That's great because it just, it not only, um, not only are you speaking it to them, you're acting it out with them. And it sticks to them even more. And talk about, you know, there are a lot of fun stories in the Bible, like the Moses and Noah and Abraham. And make the Bible fun for the kids. And most importantly, we must read the Word daily. Um, let's look back at Second Timothy three sixteen through 17. It says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And it says it's breathed out by God. It's not spoken by God. It's breathed out by God. It's his very essence. And, you know, even to, ever since I was a little kid, I saw my mom read the Bible every day. And she would not do it at the comfort of her like bed or in her room. She did it out in the kitchen table where all of myself and Grace could see that she is actually reading the Word. And I think that's very important because your kids see that you're actually reading the Word every night, no matter how tired you are. She just you know, went to work, then cooked, then cleaned and all that. But yet, at the end of the night... She had her Bible open right on the kitchen table and she was reading the Word. And you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be, you know, if I'm sermon prepping or um, studying for school, um, I'm going to be immersed in the Word anyway. Why, why do it in secret? Why do it in hiding? You know, do it in front of my daughter so that she sees that I am a faithful servant to God, and she will follow suit. And there's one other thing that we used to do um, that really stuck with me is uh, we had family service time. Um, every night, almost every night, um, my dad would call us over, and actually my grandparents used to live with us, and my grandfather is a pastor, and he... Every night he would um, do kajang yebe in Korean in family service time, and um, he would make it more important than brushing your teeth. I mean, seriously, he would like scold us if we didn't show up on time for family service time, and we would sit there and we would um, sing a hymn uh, or a praise song, and then we would uh, read scripture, and then we shared about what that scripture meant to us. And I think that's very important. As your kids get older, as they begin to read, and as they begin to um, digest the Word, it's really important to share about your th- thoughts and feelings about the Word of God. And last but not least, T is time. Spend time with your children. Um, it is nice. I mean, I see you guys, you, you, you guys spend a lot of time with your children uh, it's such a blessing to see you take them to ballet, soccer, piano practice, uh, piano lessons, or whatever. 
But not only that, but spend quality time with your children, like one-on-one. Maybe have like a daddy date where um, like a daughter and father would go out and um, go to see a movie and have some ice cream and talk to your children. And time is valuable in our day. I understand that. I, I have no time. But it's imperative that we make time for our children. And as you know, I work for a bank, so I like to use analogies. And um, I like to use a bank analogy right now. Um, you know, all the after-school activities that I used to do, like um, uh, I went to like CCB, um, like Kumon, and all these after-school programs where um, I get tutored, and I got so many private lessons, like piano and cello and um, guitar and all that. But, you know, I, these are kind of like the deposits you make in your children's accounts. But these are all earthly accounts. All these deposits you make, you're, you're making it for the, their earthly development. But I like to look at them like, kind of like as your checking and savings account. It's like things you use like every day and the immediate, like short, distant future. But all the prayers for your children, all the Bible stories that you read to them, the time you spend with them and caring for them in the love of Christ, these are the deposits you make into your heavenly account, kind of like a retirement account. You can't touch it until you retire. And I feel like heaven's kind of like my retirement, you know. And for that heavenly account, you've got to make deposits so that in heaven that God would say, you know, you did well, my child. You did well, my child. And you know, raising children is not only for parents. It's as a church community, as a family in Christ. And uh, for your singles, you, the whole parenting thing, raising your children, you may be like, oh, this, this doesn't apply to me right now. But you also have a responsibility to be role models. A lot of you are Bible study teachers. And who are they going to shape their spiritual walk? How are they going to shape, shape their spiritual walk? They're going to look at you say, my Bible study teacher. You know, Che was my Bible study teacher in youth group. And so was Sonny An, actually. Um, and, you know, when I look at them, they're, they're such good role models. They're such men, um, man and woman of God. And it's, it's been such a blessing to look up to them and to follow in their footsteps. But you've got to be that for your kids, for the kids th- that are in your church community. And there must be continuity. Let's say you br- bring your child up in Christ and you think you have done your job, but then let's... Um, this is what I w- worry about sometimes. is like, okay, let's say... like. Broken their habit of you know wanting candy every day, and what if I bring them to my parents' house one day and they just feed them candy all the time? You know there must be continuity, you know because and that's the same with with our spiritual life. If I read to them every day, if I pray with them and pray for them every day, let's say 
she sleeps over my in-laws or my parents. And what if th- that night they don't pray to them, they don't read the scripture to them? You know, there must be continuity um, within your family, within your community, um, that raising your children in Christ, um, is. there has to be a, a continuous uh, effort in that. Um, I would like to show a, a video clip. Um, it's like a 10-minute clip. I don't know if we have audio for it. You know, I, I talk about raising children and us as parents and all that. Um, but none of that matters if we don't work on ourselves first. You know, nobody's perfect. We're all sinners, and we all have our our sins, and um, and like he said, all the junk that just builds up over the years, and it's weighing on you. But we for, we find forgiveness in Jesus' redemptive blood, and that He shed for us, and and salvation to those who believe. And like he said, there is nothing we can do to make him love us less. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I urge you, my dear brothers and sisters, um, read the word daily, pray to our God, because no one and nothing can carry us um, to to help us to be godly, honorable, respectful parents. Um, except for Christ Jesus. And pray hard for your children. You know, love them. Tell them you love them. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Pray with them. Pray, read with them. Laugh with them. Cry with them. But especially pray for them. And there's a saying that parents use often. Don't do as I say. Do as, or do as I say, not as I do. But we should be confident in Christ Jesus to say, do as I do, when we, f- and when we follow in the um, footsteps of our Lord Jesus. And let us pray. Father, we just thank you um, for this word today, um, for your word. Lord, thank you for your presence um, here in the midst of us, Lord God. Father, as we... Um, As we are in charge of our children, um, you put in, put that responsibility on us, Lord God. But Lord, we say that we cannot do that without you, Lord God. Um, give us wisdom, Lord. Give us strength, Lord, to uh, live, live each day um, in this fallen world, world, Lord God. It is so difficult um, without you, Lord. As we, as long as we are in your presence, 
as we behold your face, as we walk in your spirit each and every day, Lord, we know that you will give us that strength, that wisdom, Lord. Let us pray to you, Lord. Let us go out into this world with the sword of your word. We will not have that sword unless we read and absorb your word, Lord God. Lord, we come before you as sinners, as your children. Lord, we don't deserve your love. We don't deserve your grace and your mercy, Lord. But you keep telling us, Lord, that there is nothing we can do that can separate us from your love, Lord God. And we are forever grateful, forever thankful for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. John and his sister Grace for about maybe six years now, and they would be the first to tell you that they are very different people. And so honestly, I never saw a resemblance between the two of them until today. And I thought, there is the family resemblance right there. They both bear an incredible likeness to Jesus, who has been the center of their family all these growing up years. May Christ be 
your family resemblance, your likeness, as he's the center of your family, and as a sovereign God watches over all of us and pours his spirit upon us so that we too in the Trinity may be bound as one, as he and the Father are one. I'm going to ask John to come up and give us a benediction, the blessing of Jehovah, Yahweh, our Savior, our God, in Christ Jesus. Father, and how great it is that we can call you Father, Lord. And as your children, Lord God, we just want to say that we love you and we want to follow in your footsteps, Lord. As we go out into this harsh world, Lord, may you guide our footsteps, may you guide our children, may you protect them, Lord God. Blanket them with your love and your grace, Lord. And as we go forth, may we proclaim that you are our Father, our Savior, our Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you love us so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.